another original podcast from OFM, the sound of your life. Dubbed the most anticipated Afrikaans film of the year. The story of Rahul Ki De Beer is being released on 18 October. I know, you might be thinking, why would I then not have this interview in Afrikaans then? Well, because this film is for every single South African. And joining us tonight, film director Matthijs Borsov. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good evening. Is sir a bit too formal? Sir is way too formal. Okay. I'm uh, a young man. <laughs> I like it, brah. I like it quite. Okay. Daze. <laughs> Why did you get involved in the making of this film, Matthijs? Well, firstly, you know, it, it is a story that I grew up with, and it's a story that captivated my imagination when I was, when I was a little kid. Um, you can imagine uh, being a four or a five-year-old hearing the story and almost the fear and trepidation that captured my my heart and my imagination when I thought of a young girl and a little brother, you know, going missing in a snowstorm at night in the wilderness and having to find their way home and they, they get lost. And, you know, coupled with that fear, the sense of bravery and bravado or, um, you know, that inspired me. So it's something that's lived in my own imagination. When the opportunity came to the front to to direct it, I couldn't say no. You know, it's, a, it's a quite an epic undertaking, and I think a local filmmaker's dream to tackle something like that. Now, I know this might be a difficult question, but you know, as with most films, <laughs> is it better than the novel? <laughs> You're putting me I had to ask. There. I had to ask. It's, I'll, I'll put my neck out there and I'll say it's better. Oh. Okay, now, now I, I think, have to see And the novelist, the novelist won't be angry because the novelist is one of the co-writers of the film. Oh, so you covered all bases. Okay, nice. Absolutely. I'll tell you why. Because I think for the simple reason is that the, the visual language of film allowed us to, to bring something to the big screen that's only lived in people's imaginations for generations. You know, for nearly 100 years or maybe more, people have told the story. And suddenly we're bringing it to life. And I think we've added a few extra things that are not in the novel and that people would not have grown up with in the folklore. But I think will will we'll really arrest their attention and, and move their hearts. So, Matthias, I saw the trailer, which is amazing, and noticed that fortunately there are English subtitles. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, beyond just the, the conversation about in- inclusion that should be the norm with every film, uh, if you look at the story of Rafaki Debea, really, a, a lot of different cultures actually grew up with the story. Many people from the Indian community, friends of mine know it. Uh, many English people also grew up with it. So absolutely, it is a story for all South Africans. It's, it's got really universal themes. It's not necessarily just about a specific culture, but it's more about the story, a coming-of-age story the young girl who's going to make uh, you know a really important big choice and and chooses the brave way now correct me if i'm wrong but this takes place in the eastern free state right yes it does did you film it in the eastern free state we did absolutely we i I spent months and i shredded many tires on those rough eastern free state roads um finding the right location we actually found a beautiful old uh, farm about 30 kilometers outside of Ferrisburg. They had a, a, a farmhouse that was built in the 1870s, and uh, the farm had very few modern elements. So, you know, besides the mountains and the environment, it, it, it had this dream-like, almost fairy-like, fairy-tale-like quality, a house with an old soul that was just perfect. How long does it take to complete such a massive project? As you said, you spent months in the Eastern Free State. 
Yes. Well, look, I mean, the project, the inception really started about nine years ago. And that's when Brett Michael Innes, who also wrote a novel, adapted his own novel into the screenplay. And uh, the project kind of stalled. And about three and a half years ago, I got involved. And um, the screenplay was something in about three drafts. So we wrote another eight, got it up to 11. And that was really film ready. And you know, then it was months of searching for, for the right locations, um, casting, finding the right people. The actual filming was only four and a half weeks. You know, that's kind of like your when you get taken into a factory and you've got to work and, and time is money. Yes. But um, a lot of time was spent in post-production. I mean, we started in post-production in December last year, and we finished post-production only at the end of July. Now, the reason for that is we had about 260 visual effect shots, which is quite epic. Um, I don't think any local film has ever had that many. And, you know, that included things like, you know, covering landscapes with snow, big building big storm systems that we could digitally enhance and manipulate to... Uh, almost give the storm in the in the story a personality to show turning angry and more violent and so forth. I cannot wait to see this. It's the 18th, <laughs> right? The 18th of October? It is the 18th of October, yes. And then, of course, we had to create a snowstorm in summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you do that, can you say? Of course, yes. That's, you know, it's always a combination of in-camera effects, which is, you know, real tactile elements that you can touch, and, and then your vision effects, which is computer generated. So the in-camera effects would be massive wind machines. So I'm about 1.9 meters tall. So these wind machines would, would stand higher than, than, than my height. And they create incredible amount of wind. And then we, we pump product through it that looks like snow that would fly through the air at a great speed and hit the actors. Uh, then we've got uh, product, uh, biodegradable product that we actually put on the floor to cover the grass to look like snow had fallen. And then obviously your visual effects, we, we also create falling snowflakes flakes that augment what we did in camera. And then for the next day, we've got massive vistas of a snow-covered landscape. And, and a lot of those are visual effects. I don't think I really appreciated the amount of efforts and work that goes into producing these films, Matthijs, to be honest. <laughs> it was a massive undertaking. It's epic. It's an epic film made for the big screen. And you know, I really hope people are going to turn out and... And, and be entertained and supported. Was it exactly what you wanted it to be? Yes and no. It's better. I think uh, as a filmmaker, as any artist, there's a point at which you, you let go of the vision, the, the picture you had in your head, and there's a reality that you deal with. And because it's such a collaborative process, you know, from a good 15 visual effects artists through to a crew of about 40 people, production designers, a cinematographer, you know, uh, actors, big name actors, uh, new actors, you know, all of them bring their own creativity to the table. And and when one's open, when all these elements come together and all these people come together, there's a beautiful synergy that creates a magic and a vision and an ink product that's, that's better than what you imagined. Absolutely. Another original podcast from OFM, the sound of your life.